of you who are just joining from fastinglane.com. And this, I got it. And this is Megan Ramos from thefastingmethod.com. And we are talking about our book that came out today, Life in the Fasting Lane with Dr. Jason Bunk. The reason I wanted to write this book is um, when I stumbled onto fasting because of Jason's book, The Obesity Code, I loved the book. It changed my life, but I needed more. I needed two things. I needed a person who had dealt with thousands of people over decades who had answered all their questions and figured out the shortcuts and understood their struggles. And that was Megan. And I didn't know Megan existed. And I didn't know that there was a person who had had all these decades of experience helping people use fasting to improve their health and their mental capacity and their weight. And I needed those questions answered, like just dumb questions and little questions and embarrassing questions. And I needed Megan in my life. Um, and she, I'm very lucky. She personally coached me through so much of this because I was part of the fasting method. Um, and there are memberships where you can get personalized coaching, which is right for some people. And some people just need information and that's totally fine wherever you're at. Um, I needed more. I needed, I needed personal support. And the other part you know, besides Jason's brilliance and research and the way he's treated patients, like I got that and I, I understood the science to an extent, but sometimes the science was a lot for me, honestly. Like I would just zone out and I'd try to follow it, but I couldn't really apply it. But what I also really wanted is someone who had been fat and felt ashamed and felt lost and had failed in every way. And that was me. And I couldn't find that voice of somebody who had done every diet, done um, binge eating rehab, you know, treatment for 40 days, been hypnotized, gone to therapists, had fitness experts, um, done every different kind of on the market diet, magazine diet, uh, used medication, used diet pills, and had three failed bariatric surgeries. So I couldn't find someone who sucked as much as I did. <laughs> I couldn't find someone who had failed as much as I did. So I peaked at 300 pounds. I had prediabetes and health issues and infertility issues and PCOS and recurring bronchitis and all these issues. And I don't know, I, I, I think I found a lot of people who like maybe got to like this, like they looked like models and they had discovered fasting and thought, you know, like they were like 120 pounds or 130 pounds, which I'm super happy for them, but that's not me, right? I, I, I don't think I'm ever gonna see those numbers since I was like maybe 10. Um, but for me, um, I had failed so much and fasting was just information I thought people should have because it doesn't mean that I think I figured out weight loss and health for everyone, but I did figure it out for me. And I do think if I had had this information 20 years ago, I would have had a very different life without medical expenses and a bad immune system and surgeries and fertility treatments. And I feel like people deserve that information. And I also wanna be as lazy as possible. I also wanna put in the least amount of effort as possible into my weight and into my health and I, like, I know there's much better people than me out there who work out all the time and, and do things really well. Like, I, I'm, I'm not that person. I would like to be 
as lazy as possible and get the largest amount of reward out of it. And I just wanted somebody who had failed the way I did to tell me what fasting was really like, because I had so much fear around it. And so we created this book, Life in the Fasting Lane. Diane, thank you for asking why it's different. We don't think that there's ever been a book before that combines a doctor, one of the best doctors in this industry, uh, a researcher who has treated thousands of people, and just an everyday person who was super good at failing, who finally found success through fasting. Um, we wanted to tell you the truth. We wanted to tell you in the most simple terms. And we also wanted to deal with this from the emotional and lifestyle side of things. Like it's not just about your body. Whether you're trying to lose five pounds or 500 pounds, you have your own journey of shame or frustration or hopelessness or just a little bit of weight you want to lose. Everybody has their own story and accepting all of those differences and making it possible for you to succeed is, is what we wanted to do through this information. Um, Megan, can you talk a little bit about all of the people that you have worked with over the years and some of the recurring themes that you've seen with the emotional side of things, women, how they feel, men, how they feel, people who have failed their whole lives and gone to their doctors time and time again to, to try and, and pursue better health. Can you tell us a little bit about those people? Yeah, absolutely. And nowadays, um, with people growing up on more uh, processed and refined foods, we're seeing a lot of men have these struggles too that were commonly only associated with females. Like it was next to impossible for females to lose the weight, that we had all these complicated hormonal issues that our male counterparts didn't. Um, and nowadays we're seeing even more men struggle and not be able to navigate the emotions that come along with that. So here, I, I've worked with over 14,000 people personally. Last time I did the, <laughs> did the math. Um, and it's, there's some it, time and time again, again, people have spent time, energy, resources into different dietary plans, uh, spent a lot of money and invested a lot of emotion into the success of those plans and have struggled. Um, at achieving success. So sometimes when they, they try fasting, um, they try to do it really sort of e extreme too. And they don't try to fit fasting into their lifestyle and utilize it as a tool and as a therapy to help them get their weight under control because they're so emotionally burned out already from trying so many weight loss things in, in the at start, but I just want to assure everyone who might not have tried fasting yet, who's listening to us today, that it is a successful tool. And you know, let the motto be progress, not perfection. And you know, fasting, you're going to get great results with fasting, um, but don't get bringing those emotions with those miracle diets that you tried in the past. Every day you fast, every day it becomes easier. Every day that you stick with it, you generate more success. But there's a lot of issues that we're experiencing right now, just with the emotional side of eating, especially when it comes to stress. You know, we have all been brought up, I think, to let food um, be there to comfort us. 
when we're feeling down, when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling anxious and like life spinning out of control. So right now that's an issue that I'm seeing a lot of people struggle with and realize that, hey, you know, food is my best friend. Um, food is there to help support me and comfort me. And there's a lot of people, both men and women right now that are struggling to, to overcome that. And they're starting to recognize that, hey, I'm not actually hungry, but I've got this deep emotional connection to eating food to cope with stress. And during happier times, people start to realize too that they use food to help them celebrate all of life's successes. You know, let's reward uh, getting that promotion at work with this great, uh, great indulgence in food. Or, you know, let's celebrate a birthday with, uh, with a big seven layer chocolate cake. And that's, that's how we choose to celebrate is also with food. So many people that I've worked with have joked and said, you know, geez, even after years of therapy, they haven't learned that much about themselves till they start to try to fast and modify their diet and realize that they have this deep emotional connection with food. And then there's just sort of sugar and carbohydrate addiction too, because these foods, these processed and refined foods are designed to make us addicted, to design to keep us coming back to the store and, and purchasing more. And it really sort of throws off our, our bodies and causes our bodies to crave, you know, these dopamine hits that we get, especially when we eat sugar. And it's very similar to that of like, like having cocaine um, is a similar response within the body. So it's tough. And these are some of the issues that we try to break down in the book from Eve's journey. And Dr. Fung sort of breaks down the science of, you know, how sugar elicits that same effect as like cocaine does in the body and how it's designed to keep you drive, like wanting to drive more. And then we talk a lot about the practical aspects, what to do, you know, how to, how to find that peace and how to celebrate those successes without uh, utilizing food as your friend. Megan, I... I was absolutely addicted to sugar. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I still am. I eat a lot less of it for sure. I do have it sometimes and I love it. It's definitely my drug of choice for sure. Um, but when things started happening with the pandemic and when I started feeling very stressed and scared, which I would say was probably about a month and a half ago, I had a whole week where I couldn't fast. Um, and, and I've been fasting for two years. Uh, and most of the time my schedule is 18, six, I eat lunch and I eat dinner. Sometimes I have a snack in between lunch and dinner. One of the reasons I think I do that sometimes is because I have a surgically altered stomach and it's smaller. So I, I hold less food. So I tend to get hungry in between, but like developing that fasting muscle took a long time for me and between 12 and, and, and seven is or eight is usually when I eat. Um, but when I got upset and I got stressed out, I ate, I found comfort in eating and I started eating things. I don't usually eat, um, more sugar, more carbs. And I really wanted to comfort myself. And I see a lot of people right now who are self-isolating at home, um, ordering and filling baskets with muffins and cake and cookies and baking and I understand it. Like, I get it. It's a scary time. We're worried about our country. We're worried about our world. We're worried about people we love. We're worried about economies and money. And man, it's so tempting to just sit there and eat these foods that give us comfort. So the place that I got to is after a week of 
doing that and not feeling too good, I stopped and was able to eat better foods for myself. And I was able to get back into my fasting routines, which after three days of it sucking, it got better. And the reason I want to bring this up is um, I'm no doctor, I'm, I'm no professor, but I do see things online that bother me. And, and I'm just curious about your thoughts on this. And there's no proof of these things, but what I see online is I'm originally from South Louisiana. And South Louisiana right now is a place that is suffering immensely with COVID and has seems to have a higher death rate um, right now. And some of the theories is that there's more diabetes, there are more issues around comorbidities um, in this situation. And I'm worried about my home state. Um, so one of the things I love to encourage people to do is to consider, even if you've never fasted before and you're at home right now, is to consider lessening the times that you eat. Not jumping into not eating for three days if you've never done this before. Like that's not, not I don't think, and Megan will back this up and tell me what she thinks, but like, what if you ate less often? And what if you ate less sugar? If there were two things I would say from my non-professor, non-doctor experience that you could just give a little bit of a better chance with your immune system right now, it would be what if you ate less often and what if you ate less sugar? And so Megan, what are your thoughts on, on some of that right now? I 100% agree. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of debate out there about the ideal human diet, and I don't think there is such a thing. I've seen uh, a carnivore approach radically change people's lives. I've seen a vegan approach radically change people's lives. And I've seen people do various combinations of all different types of diet radically change their lives. But um, what works for everybody, what's universal is when we eat. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of going to this, uh, what will, will eventually be a historic conference uh, called Food for Thought. Uh, it was hosted by the British Medical Journal and the world's largest uh, reinsurer, Swiss Re. And it was in Zurich, Switzerland. And Dr. Fang and I were invited to be the two representatives of fasting for this event. Jason wasn't able to go and I showed up and I was petrified. I thought these people were going to eat me alive. You know, that lone wolf out there um, and talking about fasting. But at the end of the day, yeah, um, three days into it, you know, uh, top experts from Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Oxford, Cambridge, uh, McMaster University here in Canada, top experts everywhere. The one thing that we agreed upon is that nutrition is personalized, but we all eat too much sugar and we all eat too often. So I went from fearing that I was going to be the most hated, most attacked person in the room by bringing up this notion of fasting by taking it to what some people consider to be extreme, um, but it wasn't. Everybody agreed, we eat too much sugar, that's the bottom line, and we just eat too often. And I've seen this with people. Not everybody I work with uh, can even try to change their diet due to life circumstances. But by snacking less, and eating less often, we were able to help them come off of medication. We're able to help them lose weight. 
will they always be in ideal health? Maybe, maybe not, depending on a bunch of other circumstances, but we can really help improve the quality of their life. And, you know, I don't think people need to do radical fasting. Like if you're brand new to this and you're feeling really overwhelmed because we're in a pandemic situation and you're in isolation at home and you're stuck with the food that you have and it's just really overwhelming on so many levels, you don't need to go out and do 24 or 36 or 42 hours of fasting. You don't have to fast for five or seven days. Just stop snacking. Go back to the basics. You know, think of the Leave It to Beaver days. Um, you know, Beaver was not allowed to eat before dinner, or he'd ruin his appetite. And he wasn't allowed to eat after dinner because Mrs. Cleaver said that meant that he didn't eat enough broccoli. But he still ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And and think back to your grandparents. How my grandparents and my great grandparents grew up. They never had weight issues, and they they didn't eat perfect diets. You know, growing up, my grandmother growing up, and then. 30s and the 40s and the 50s like the food was what it was that's when uh, coca-cola was becoming popular popular that's when processed breads were coming out quick and easy dinners as women started to enter the workforce um, unless dinners were being made at home back in those times. And uh, they didn't have weight issues because they were really mindful of when they ate. And even under normal circumstances in a non-pandemic world, I honestly think that the rates of obesity would absolutely drop and we would no longer have an obesity pandemic if people just stop snacking. I've seen the power of that for people that are in the fasting method uh, community and have been working with me on our group fasting challenges every week. We've been, we've been demonstrating you know, with thousands of people every week the power of no snacking during this crazy time, hearing how blood sugars are going down, how blood pressures are going down, people are needing less medications, people are losing weight, not even doing crazy fasting, just not snacking. Going back to the basics, going back to those leave it to beaver days where you just ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or lunch and dinner, and regardless of what it is during this time. I love that, Megan, and it's interesting. So Megan and I are here talking about our book, Life in the Fasting Lane, that is out today, April 7th. How can you get this book? You can go on Amazon, you can go on Barnes and Noble, you can go online to any bookstore, you can get it on Kindle, you can get it um, on an audiobook. you can get it anywhere. Uh, you can go to fasting.fyi forward slash book, you can go to the fastingmethod.com, you can go anywhere and get the book. Um, let's say you're, you're worried about money right now, because a lot of people are freaking worried about money right now, then don't buy the book. It's at the library. Sign up and get it at the library. We don't care. We want you to have the information. Um, we both have sites, the fastingmethod.com and fastinglane.com that has ridiculous amounts of free information, podcasts, videos, things that, that you can read. So whether you want the book or you just want some free information, great. Either way works for us. Um, one of the things that Megan was just talking about was like returning to a simpler time. And my family and I live in Carrollton, Texas. We have been home now. Tomorrow will be one month. We started to self-isolate before the city asked us to. We have not gone anywhere for a month. That's not true. My husband did go through drive-through pharmacy to get two prescriptions, uh, regular prescriptions for us. Um, and then that's been it. Everything else we've had delivered and we've stayed home and we are doing our part to stay home and support our medical workers and have our best chance to you know, be healthy and keep other people healthy. 
And it's weird, right? We're home all the time. I'm home with my husband and my daughter who's 13 and my dog. I'm so thankful for my dog. And I'm home with my favorite people in the world. And I still get sick of them. And I still get frustrated that I don't have somewhere to go. And we have had a couple of arguments, which is not typical. They haven't been big arguments, but they've existed. We're stressed. Most of us feel grief at this point, but we're not sure if we should feel grief because perhaps we know someone that's sick or maybe we don't and we just see it out in the world. Perhaps we're happy with the way things are being handled in our county or our country, or perhaps we're frustrated with it. Perhaps we're you know, scared about how other countries are doing or, or, or we just, there's a lot of unknowns right now. There's a lot of stress financially, medically, and just in a situation that we have never seen our, ourselves in before. And there is a big return right now to the way life was before. People are gardening. People are improving their homes while they're home. People are spending more family time together. And we're trying to, to treat each other well. So when Megan talks about this whole thing of returning back to the way things were, we're kind of doing that in a way anyway, right? We're kind of playing more board games. And yes, we use the internet like crazy because we want connectivity. And I have whole thoughts on, on all of that, like how people have been bitching about social media and how evil it is. And now we have to rely on it to have communication with each other because we can't uh, do that in person. It's, it's not the tool that is evil. It is the thing behind it that humans bring to it that makes something good or, or evil, right? So if we're going back to these earlier times, I would really love to encourage you to listen to Megan. I think a lot of people right now want to know specifically, what will fasting do for my immune system? What will eating less sugar do for my immune system? Give me exact answers. And let me tell you the truth. You're sitting here with one of the smartest minds in fasting. We've written a book with one of the smartest doctors in fasting. And I'm sorry, there are not enough solid, concrete answers to tell you that if you fast for seven hours and not six hours, this will keep you safe. The world is not like that right now. But what we can tell you is for decades now, these professionals have watched people eat less sugar and eat less often and typically have better health results. And that's like a round big statement. So is doing this gonna protect you from the virus? No one is saying that. What people are saying is right now, if you ate less often and you ate less sugar, you're gonna put your immune system in the, in the best possible chance it can be. And what if you just accidentally improve your health during this period of having to stay at home? There's so many people we see right now who want to turn to food to calm their nerves, who feel so frustrated and, and want to take it out on that. And I understand those feelings, but there are other ways you can handle this. You can set times of eating for you and your family, because this is a big concern for kids too, who are stressed out so much, don't understand what's going on and are just going to the kitchen and eating all the time, right? There are ways to set eating times for yourself and your family. There are ways to get together as a family and enjoy your food and to cook together and to cook things that are healthier. I know a lot of people too are really worried about their food supplies. Well, guess what eating less often does? It makes your food last longer, right? So now you can spend less money and now you can have food for longer and not worry about it as much. 
So I'm not saying this solves all your problems, but I am saying that this is something to look at that could help a little bit with you and your family's health right now that you're in control of. So Megan, one thing that I will say is in a world right now where I am so filled with anxiety and frustration and feel like I have no sense of control, I will admit that for the first time a little bit, and Megan knows me very well, I mostly hate fasting, right? <laughs> I mostly hate it. I mostly am not good at it. I, I've never had the unicorns and euphoria and rainbow that other people get, and I'm very jealous of them. But I will say that right now, fasting is allowing me to have control in one area of my life. And there's just not a lot of areas we have control of right now, and it's fearful. So what have you heard about people, um, have people been talking about as the fasting method has been working with more people during this period, because I know you guys have had a huge influx of people needing support. What have you heard around the issue of control with fasting? Is that helping people mentally gain a little bit of control in a, a world that is quite frankly, just frightening right now? It's helping so much. And we were just talking about that in our community forum this morning after several members said, you know, that things, you know, this is going to be a serious week in terms of human history and uh, the mark that this leave this week leaves um, for us. And, you know, people last week I found were acclimating to being at home. Um, we're trying to look for the silver linings, you know, more sleep, more time with family, um, more ability to go for, you know, walks and, and to make these foods at home. And then the weekend, the news started to get a little bit dark uh, and the authorities started to alarm us, especially here in North America, what was in store for the upcoming weeks. And I saw earlier this, uh, you know, over the weekend and yesterday that people were sort of spinning out of control, but in our group fast um, and in the forum, you know, we're all encouraging ourselves to make sure that we take care of ourselves, you know, especially if you have metabolic issues, metabolic disease, have weight, we are at a higher risk. And it's important to, to keep us healthy by trying to do what we can to keep us in, in our top form. And that not only keeps us healthy, it enables us to be better and stronger to help those that are in need. So we're not putting our loved ones at risk and we're being healthy. We're being able to support them when they might not be following a healthy lifestyle and they might be struggling to get through this time. So we talked a lot about that in the community over the weekend. And this morning, members were saying that, you know, after yesterday, everyone started off the fasting week pretty strong. They started off Monday with a really good fast and how today they were feeling that in a world that doesn't leave them feeling very much in control of anything right now, they felt in control of their bodies. They felt like even though they still had these cravings, they had control over these cravings and that they were ultimately in control of their health right now. And there were, there were a lot of women and men sharing this morning just how empowering that was and that's really motivating them to get through this time. Thanks for sharing that, Megan. It's nice to hear that, I don't know, I feel more connected with people when I hear that they're feeling the same way I do. Because sometimes I just think I'm going crazy um, or that like, I'm so sad or I'm so worried and I'm just, you know, ridiculous. And it makes me feel good to know that other people care, that other people worry, that other people are trying to find ways to, to better themselves, um, and help each other during this time. So thank you for sharing that so much. Um, 
I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the book because I hope that you guys check it out. It's available today, April 7th. It's called Life in the Fasting Lane, How to Make Intermittent Fasting a Lifestyle and Reap the Benefits of Weight Loss and Better Health by Dr. Jason Fung, Eve Mayer, and Megan Ramos. Um, it's available online just about anywhere. And it is available in the US and Canada now. And I believe in the UK, New Zealand, Australia um, in two days with Hay House. And it is being translated in, gonna be available in several countries, including it'll be in French, Portuguese, uh, Korean, German. Spanish. Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. Many, many. I've kind of lost track a little bit. I've totally lost track. <laughs> so it's coming. I know a lot of you are like, when will it be in my country? When will it be in this language? Um, it, it looks like it's going really well and will be with multiple publishers in multiple places all over the world in multiple languages. So um, I want to tell you a little bit about more about what's in it. Um, and so I'll tell you, I'm going to read you the table of contents and just tell you some of the things that we cover. Um, the science of fasting, uh, beyond science, the mental and emotional benefits of fasting, hormones and the hunger bully, uh, forget calorie restriction, a path to healthier eating, prepare to think differently about food, ready, set, goal, get your house in shape and your family on board, sex, pregnancy, and fasting, working with your doctor, letting go of shame, fasting simplified, stop snacking, stepping into fasting, exercise for health, not weight loss, feasting without guilt, meeting your goals and going the extra mile, solving health complaints, mind tricks while fasting, fasting with a social life, getting back on track, finding a community, living your new life and is bariatric surgery for you. So let's say, um, let's see what Levi's telling me. I'm my lovely assistant from upstairs. Um, guys, there's a couple things we want to ask you to do. I haven't even told me again about this, but I hope she's up for it. Uh, when you buy the book, we, we really want to hear from you. So there's all kinds of ways you can get in touch with us. First, we would absolutely love your book review. I saw two last night, our first two, Megan, on Goodreads. We had four stars. I was like, oh, and five stars. I was much happier with the five stars. Great feedback. Um, I think the biggest compliment I really felt was, you know, they were like, this book is like more of a book that changes uh, your life. Um, and so that made me feel incredible. But please put something on there that is, you know, honest, what helps you, what you are looking for, what you need. Um, tell us how you feel about the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Goodreads, you know, wherever, wherever you get the book. Uh, we'd love to do it. Another thing I'm asking people to do is, you know, right now we're doing this live and I'll, we'll be sharing out the video as well and we'll be doing it on the podcast is there is a Facebook group, which is the Fasting Method Facebook group, which is a fantastic resource for support. Um, we're doing this first in there and then sharing it out and people talk a lot and ask a lot of questions about the book there. And then fastinglane.com, we post all the things about the book there and we'd love for you to show it. But one thing I started asking people to do, Megan, which I'm trying to come up with a creative idea of how I want to use this, is I'm asking people to 
to hold up the book because they were getting them last night and they were excited and I was so excited. Hold up and they were like, post a picture of the book. And I'm like, no, like, I want to see a picture of you with the book. Like, this is, this is like, I've seen the book. It's cool. It's pretty. But I want to see these people. I want to see these people of different ages and different sizes and different, you know, just like all kinds of different people all over the world holding up the book um, that they're, they're turning to right now. So I've asked people to please post a picture of themselves with the book. I want to take that and I think I'm going to give it to an artist friend of mine, Lisa Wigger, and ask her to like make a piece of art for me out of that so I can see like the faces of the people that read it. So that was, that was my thought last night as I was on my almost one month stay at home. I'm going a little crazy, Megan, perhaps, but um, <laughs> Megan, where do you want people to interact with you about the book, ask questions about the book, post their pictures and, and, and give us feedback? Like what are some yes. good things for the fasting method? I mean, connecting with us, we have the, the Fasting Method uh, Network Facebook group. Um, you can tag us at Fasting Method on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. And we'd love to see your posts and, and share them and hear what you're thinking of the about the book and if you're in our fasting method community we have a monthly uh, community membership and we're offering a, a, a couple of week free trial now um, to people out there that are struggling and do need help during this time and we have a, we have a really active forum um, we have really active group fast and uh, we have all these really active um, live uh, interactive groups <laughs> I think I said interactive 19 times I need a nap um, I have pandemic scrambled brains <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we have uh, live these live focus groups where you meet up with our fasting uh, team, and you meet up on various topics. So we love to hear uh, what you're what you're thinking. So if you're if you're in our community, make sure to post your photo with our book in our forum and to share your thoughts in our focus groups and in our hangout rooms. Um, so thank you, uh, thank you everybody for all of your support. Uh, we would like to thank Harper Collins um, for being our publisher and Rick Broadhead, who is our agent and, and put up with us for all these years. <laughs> um, but this has really been a, a dream come true and we're excited that the book is out. We hope that it helps you. We hope that it helps you. And I always say this, and I, I know they think I'm crazy. It's like to your health and hotness. Like when I started this journey and Megan knows this, I just wanted to get hotter. Like I, I really wasn't like this great person like so many of you I met is like, I wanna improve this disease. I wanna be able to, no, I just wanted to like look good in a bathing suit. Um, and then accidentally, as I went along the way, my health started to get better and I was just kind of surprised. And then I was kind of into that too. So then I just thought I could be healthy and hot, which worked out pretty good for me. Um, but I, I think that this book is different. And what we hope is this book reaches you at a place where um, you're not judged, right? Like, like Megan was talking about, we have people who read this book that are vegetarians. We have people who read this book that are carnivores. We have people who read this book who actually don't even change anything about what they eat and simply change the times that they eat. Um, I don't pretend to know what it's like to live in your body. And I could not find the answers for, for my health and my body. So our hope is that this book is here for, for you to find a way. One of the things I'm most excited about is like, fasting is available to anyone. Fasting is not a fad. I, I remember for years being a girl from South Louisiana and having friends that were Muslim and Buddhist and hearing them talk about fasting because of their religion and just having this misconception, oh my gosh, this is so 
unhealthy. And then being told the past couple of years that Catholics fast too. Well, the Catholics I knew in South Louisiana did not fast. And I did not know that. Um, and I just had such this misconception about eating uh, less often would shut down my metabolism. Meanwhile, I was sitting there so overweight and unhealthy. And the people who would tell me about these things were, were very healthy and very fit. And I really look back at my stupidity and I'm very frustrated. So um, I, don't, I don't have those issues now. And I understand that fasting is simply a tool for you to control how you know, often you eat. Um, Megan, can you talk a little bit about feasting? Because especially right now where there's not a lot of, you know, not as much excitement. We, we don't go to restaurants currently because we don't leave the house. And there's some people that are unable to do that. Um, I, I think one of the misconceptions I had about fasting was if I'm going to be a person who fasts, that means my joy of eating has to go away. The people who fast must be really boring people who are skinny and don't like hamburgers and don't get excited about food. And I didn't really want to be one of those people. Like it sounded tremendously boring. Um, what can you tell us about people who, who think this way? Sorry, I don't know what my husband's doing in the room next door to me. <laughs> Pandemic problems from working at home, but it's, it's really noisy. Um, do you know what? As a young woman who grew up with a whole bunch of family members that were always chronically dieting and failing at it, and who was taught by my grandmother and great aunt at a very young age to, to obsessively start counting calories so I didn't become overweight like them. I had this super negative relationship with food. Like I was fearful of it, like I liked it, but I was still fearful of it. And then there was those times where I just said, oh, I don't give a two thoughts or two cents to it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want in poor eating habits where I was just eating all day long. And of course that catch, catches up with you. But since I started fasting, I realized that I can have this really awesome relationship with food and I've become a bit of a foodie. I used to only eat about 10 foods, uh, you know, till I was 27 and I became fat and diabetic and PCOS and fatty liver. And, um, and now that I, like, I know my weight and my health is in my control and that I have the power of fasting. So I love cooking new things. I love trying new things now. And it's so strange, like for my family members to see me and, you know, hearing me cook, like cook with duck fat. My mom just thinks that's such a bizarre thing. Like who has her daughter become? But I feel like food is my friend and food is something that's there to nourish me, you know, real food and, and something for me to enjoy without ever feeling guilty for it because I have this tool of fasting. And, you know, at, I've worked with thousands of people, men and women and all different age groups, and they start to feel the same way. You know, they, they have this food freedom that they never experienced. Food was no longer the enemy. Food was no longer going to end up on their waistline or in their thighs or in their butt. Um, it was something that was there for them to enjoy because they now have this power of fasting. So I, if anything, I think fasting um, helps uh, keep the foodie population alive and thriving in all different types of ways. Megan, I want to ask you something. I've, I've heard some people who have heard the things about COVID and that, you know, diabetes is definitely um, leads to higher death rates with COVID. And I've heard a lot of people be like, you know, like right now, does it really matter? Like, you know, if I, if I eat better right now, it's not going to change anything if I eat better for a few weeks. Can you talk a little bit about 
when you guys use fasting, and I'm talking about intermittent fasting, how quickly can someone see a change in their blood sugar levels with diabetes? And I'm not asking for exact dates. So what I'm asking is if someone were to eat less sugar and eat less often, is it realistic to expect they would have any kind of positive moving result within a week or two? Would, would anything change or does it take, do I need to eat no sugar and fast a whole bunch for four months to, to really see a result? Well, it is obviously going to vary um, from individual to individual, but I find on average, most people come off of insulin within six to eight weeks of um, when they start implementing fasting and trying to cut the sugar out of their diet or at least scale back on it, um, at least through the weekdays. So I would say about about six to eight weeks for that. Um, sometimes people, we've worked with so many people that just suddenly after a few short fasts are able to dramatically reduce their insulin intake too because they see their blood sugar levels come down so quickly. So it is something that if you just give a few weeks, you're going to see some pretty dramatic results. I mean, I really like that. And we don't know the magic tipping point, but what the heck else do you have to do right now for most of us, right? Like we, we always say like, oh, when I'm less busy with work, when, when this is going on, when I have more time, like I'll make better food and whatever, like might as well do it now, right? Like we're all at home. And we're all, most of us are at home if we are able to, and we're not essential workers that are having to go out and we all have less time and we all probably have less money. This is the perfect time to try intermittent fasting. It's the perfect time. And like, when I say that, once again, let me be clear. Step one, snack less. Like yeah. if you eat 10 times a day, tomorrow I want you to try something bold. I want you to eat nine times. Like seriously, that is all we're talking about. You don't need to get crazy. Um, just, just eat one less time tomorrow and see how it goes. And at first you're gonna be like, man, I'm really hungry during this time. And the next day do it again. And honestly, for most people, at least for me, Megan knows better people than I, it sucks at first. You're like, ah, I really liked eating that time. <laughs> it was really fun and relaxing. Just go through it, have a big glass of water and eat nine times that day. Do that for three days. And I bet you like on the fourth or fifth day, it will suck less. It will probably still suck, but it'll suck less. And then a few days later, you might just be okay with it and be like, huh, I can eat nine times a day. Do that for a little while. And then the next day, try eating eight times a day. Like I'm serious. I know people think that's silly. I literally used to eat eight to 10 times a day because I was told to do that to try and lose weight. Guess what? I just got fatter. I just got unhealthier. So at least for me, that was not, not a good plan. And I'm all amped up. All right. I'm amped up because I've been fasting today and <laughs> I always get like that. All right. So we're going to wrap up here. This is our book. It's life in the fasting lane. We really want you to get it. We don't care if you buy it or get it from the library. We just really want you to get it and have the information and see if this is right for you. If you want to lose five pounds, if you want to lose 300 pounds, I think it's a book to look at. If you want a better relationship with your body, your mind, food, if you want to understand the possibilities of fasting better, I think it's a great book to look at. I think if you're not a scientist, like, you know, like Megan and a doctor like Jason, and you like need it at a simple level to be understood, that would be me. I think this is a book to look at. So um, please check out Life in the Fasting Lane. Please follow Megan at thefastingmethod.com. 
please go to my site, fastinglane.com, send us questions. Uh, anything else, Megan, Megan, what else should we say? <laughs> just, uh, just keep us posted. You know, none of us have to go through this alone. And like Eve said, we have so many resources. We have resources for free. We have resources that you can pay for or some really personalized resources if, if you're really struggling and need more help. Um, but don't think that fasting isn't for you uh, and just take it step by step. And I promise you every step will have a lot of rewards along the way. Thank you so much, Megan Ramos. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Kim Taglia says she's ordering our book today and she needs our support. Kim, you have it. Post a picture for us. And everybody, to your health and hotness.